Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to dive deep into that mailbag, pull out the best mm. questions, comments, and queries about Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, and your 2022 Brooklyn Nets. So well done, Mike. Back to the glue guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys. A subsidiary of the New York Times. Brian. Michael. The Nets. Classic. Are back. Classic, Mike. We did it. We did it. Hey, Mike, can we just yeah. take a second for a tip of the cap? Sure. Does, everyone, that does cap, anyone know friend. in in Glue Nation what what you've been up to, Mike, and your recent success? Mm-hmm. Guys, go go check out what Mike's been working on. It's the Andrew Luck podcast show. <laughs> what's the title of the podcast? <laughs> it's Brian. the Athletic Football Show, right? But what's the title of the the series? If you're going to guess, Mister Lucky, the <laughs> <laughs> the story of Andrew, Luck. the story of the Boston Celtics mascot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, what is uh, the? What, yes. Yeah, give it to me. It's called Luck. Luck. Yeah, just so yeah, I I am beyond my day job is to talk to you all as uh, one of the preeminent voices in Brooklyn Nets right podcast of course. fandom. To say. Uh, on the side, I do narrative podcasts for the Athletic, and we came out with one of our big projects on this past Monday, a six part series about Andrew Luck. Yeah. From his Guys. time growing up in Europe all the way to his retirement. Mike has been and burning and beyond. Burning the midnight oil on this thing, bouncing mm-hmm. two two youngins off his knees while recording this podcast. So I just wanted to I wanted to give you a little shine, Mike, to start the show. Okay? I've, I've been like Maccabees burning that oil for eight days and nights. Yeah. I'm just burnt I'm <laughs> right. keeping that oil alive. It's a miracle. Yeah. But uh, I, and you know I've punted on football, uh, but I'm I'm gonna boot that up, Mike. That's gonna get that's gonna get got. Not to we it's funny that you did a thing about how iTunes numbers are fraudulent. Yeah. When you talked about Draymond Green show. Uh but Luck did was the number one sports podcast in the world. Not fraudulent. Not fraudulent. For, in this for, case. So th- those are stone cold numbers. <laughs> yeah. Everyone saw them. Yeah. I Those voting machines were 100% accurate. Yeah. Um yeah, so <laughs> Right. So yeah, so we um it's very I it was a lot of work. Zach Kiefer was the host of the series. Zach is covers the Colts. He covered Andrew Luck during his career. He absolutely crushed the process. Yeah, um, we talked to a lot of great people. So if you cared at all about Andrew Luck, uh, it's it's. I'm telling you, it's like a fun listen. There's yeah. a couple of moments for people that should be a super duper fun thing to hear. Yeah, um, I read the little article about it. And I mean, just to put into perspective how much I put it on football, I was at a bar. Some guy, you know, just making sports talk. And um, some guy was talking to me about Deshaun Watson, and I intuited that this was a very formative, big, big name in football, though I don't know who Deshaun Watson is. And I had to like admit mid-conversations, like, this is, I think this is going to be bad, but I, I don't, I, actually, I'm worried that I'm not even saying his name right right now. That's how much. No, you did it. Did. You, you nailed it. You nailed Deshaun Watson, yeah. the very difficult yeah. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, so anyways, just to put that in a perspective. But, and even yeah. yet, I mean, anyways, I'm going to listen. And, and. And, and one last little tip of the cap, pat on the back. Before we get to mailbag, okay. that's pod at gmail.com. We joke on this show that we are a subsidiary of the New York Times, which we are. We are technically part of the NYT Co. by being affiliated with The Athletic and then The Athletic being owned by The New York Times. Uh, the Luck Podcast was on the homepage 
of the New York Times. You. So your glue guy, you. ipso facto, your glue guy. You, a real the next step is this pod, this very episode to be on the front page of the New York Times I don't see why not. printed edition. I don't see why not. Um, let's dive into that mailbag, hey, Ryan. Mike, let's do it. First up, cheer boy, that's Peter Goodman. You see what I did here? Speak, because <laughs> Speaking of, yeah. whose yeah. who's signature, should we yeah. give out his mobile number? Yeah, please His do. signature please is... Dog some fully is global economic correspondent for the New York Times. Wow. And now we're totally now we're truly global coastal elites. We've we've done it. We've yeah, pet our back. It's the echo chamber. Pet, yeah, chamber. It is the echo chamber. Just talking to, um, yeah. Peter says, "Love you guys as always, even as I struggle to tell my children what came of the Irish wake now another lifetime ago." <laughs> oh, I know. Is, I know. This Peter, is a meme okay, that Peter, I want to talk I'm about. So, yeah. So, quick behind the curtain, uh, Brian and I were going to do an Irish wake episode. Des Lombardo's idea, it's a fantastic idea. What we're going to do is put to bed to bury the dead of the past season. Yeah. But the off, we tried to get a bunch of people like Peter to do it. Peter's the only one to do it, and he did it with his kids, and it's so sweet, and I feel like we should just play it yeah. regardless. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Peter, we'll put it on one of the upcoming episodes. But Blame everybody you know, else. Honestly, blame everybody else. Nobody else. I mean, we're I'll not name gonna names. Name. <laughs> I'm gonna- yeah. Don't name names. Don't do it. I know you will. I know, I know you will. That's good enough. All day names. Yeah. But Peter did it with his children, and knowing how kids are, they've probably been they haven't slept. Yeah. Since he he did it a month yeah. ago. So I, I apologize. Peter will play it on the episode. Your kids will be internet famous someday, but not for this. Um, he says, "What the hell is up with the Kyrie wants to stay story? Are we supposed to think now that there is?" Less than a warm glow between him and KD, dot, 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 that KD wants out for some reason other than being offended on behalf of his beloved running mate, question mark, is KD leaving Kyrie? That seems like BS. The anonymous source in the Brian Lewis report asked some version of, in quotes, why would Kyrie have opted in if he wanted out, end quote. I can think of 30 million reasons for doing that. Has Kyrie hired an image consultant now laboring to fix his appalling reputation? Or, as I'm more inclined to believe, is Kyrie, much like the orange president, a figure who just wings it at all times without strategy? Beggaring any attempts to delineate some kind of coherent strategic position? Does Kyrie even know what he wants? Does his desire, his grasp of basic facts change by minute by minute? Count me confused. Mike, Mike, there is rumblings everywhere. We're hearing little little chirps, little chirps from from all sides. Various sources. So we don't have any sources. These are all just our own thoughts and musings. But do we think that there is some smoke between some a little beef even emerging? if you will, Mike, between Kyrie and KD, oh. is it possible that we're looking at some Wagyu? Uh, so I think the beef, if, if we're going to do killer comparisons, beef to what's happening between Kyrie and KD, it, I think it's a carpaccio. Okay. It's uncooked, right? right. It's maybe lightly vinegared um, with some mustard seeds on it. Okay. If that's what a carpaccio would I sometimes. You could probably get there. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get to that point. <laughs> um, because it's not It's not a, a, a well-done Donald Trump's steak, right? Yeah. It's not, it hasn't been uh, filleted and put out into the fire pit and burned for the open community for all to see. It's not like John ja Morant versus the Warriors. That's some beef, yeah. right? That's some, where's the beef? Arby's new sponsor to the podcast. This is like simmering. It's yeah. the, um, what's the thing where you like put the meat in a bag and then it's in water, the, and a, then you a cook sous-vide. it. A sous vide. It's not, it's almost a sous vide. It's a very light, long term sous vide. It's, we're just a, at the point where the water, but yes. A beef tartare. I, I just want to make sure that you're. A, a tartare. Yeah, yes, a yeah. tartare. Did you know. It's a tartare, carpaccio. Funny story. When I was 19, I want to say, I was uh, brought to a resort in the Dominican Republic. Uh, by my now wife's family, then girlfriend, uh, for her sister's like wedding. And <laughs> we went to dinner first night, and everyone's pointed safe at the Dominican Republic Resort, you know, in terms of food options. Not me. Beef tartare, baby. We're going, <laughs> we're going hard <laughs> wait, in wait, the paint. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Did you I had, order beef tartare I, not with as a your, fl- wife, yeah. your girlfriend's family? Yeah, yeah, I did. That's I did. A- 
ballsy <laughs> move, my friend. That was back when I was 19, and my gut was just a cauldron to be filled with, you know, it was just a true dumpster. And I didn't care. I didn't care. Well, I also, like, didn't even know. You Can know. you tell people what the microwavable food that you used to eat at Syracuse? You used to buy it. Okay. You bought frozen White Castle burgers. Oh, yeah. I still heat up in our. I'll still go for a frozen <laughs> WC. Come on, what are you talking about? I was always blown away by that Is life that, choice. Really? I've get, come on. Of all the people, you're you're away. clutching your pearls. All right, all right. What? Well, maybe it's, it's, a, it's a Jersey thing. What? <laughs> Excuse? No, 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 no. Excuse I'm say, me. I'm saying like a guy who like you know likes you know the say it <laughs> the say it Brian frozen fucking bad like shitty food you know. Denny's you're a Denny's man Mike wear it with pride it's not an insult okay that's true it's I'm just messing with you I know who I am um let's get to the Kyrie story for a sec by Brian Lewis this was one of the most most important stories we've seen in this offseason um the gist of it being and I'll, I'll read directly from the story here's what a source close to Kyrie Irving told Brian Lewis great reporting by him for getting this this is the quote how did we get into the situation about trade when he opted in this is I'm adding the uh, you know the emphasis. Yeah. Here is the Mind situation. Filled. He opted in, which means he had and he has every intention of playing with the Brooklyn Nets. KD decides he wants out, and now everybody's talking about a trading Kyrie, right? Pff, come on, they didn't say come on. Kyrie has not asked for a trade. Now, mm-hmm. if the Nets don't want him, that's something totally different. Yeah. Kyrie has not said he wants a trade. He opted in. The trade com- Where did the trade conversations come from? Is it because KD requested a trade? And now everybody's like, let's trade Kai? Kai re-opted in. End of quote. Um, very interesting, Brian. Yes. Okay, let's just retrace the steps real quick. Please. Uh, Kyrie Irving wanted a long-term contract. The Nets would not give it to him. So then he asked to be allowed to look for a trade. Mm-hmm. He asked. Mm-hmm. And he sniffed around. Yeah, for six hours. It was a bit of a charade, I would say. He sniffed around, but he, he came back with his tail between his legs. Yeah. To Daddy Joe. Okay? <laughs> Good. Perfect. I know you hate this. Yeah. No. And and so now he's back with the Brooklyn Nets. And then KD requests after basically like how quickly after Kyrie opt-in. Did I'm going to give it 48 it hours day? max. Yeah. Yeah. And then KD says, I want out. Rich Kleiman tells Josiah. Reportedly. Um, And then, so now we have had this whole KD saga. Now we have Kyrie Irving's person. Mm -hmm. Because I got to be honest, we say another source close to Irving. We know that the circle around Kyrie Irving is very small at this point. His stepmom is his agent. Obviously, he has his family around him. I'm sure there's still sort of like people within his orbit that, you know, like there's like a marketing person and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Kyrie has detached himself from Nike, has detached himself from, you know, Excel or any other major sports agency. He is a basically uh, a flat planet out in the galaxy. Nice. And uh, by the way, have you seen the pictures from the Webb telescope? No. That thing is amazing. Is it Come on. something flat out there or? No, it's very bright. It's bright stuff out there. Got it. So I I just think like, so the source is like his stepmom, basically. Not that Brian Lewis told us that, but like there's not that many people that source could be if we're saying it's close to Kyrie or it's Kyrie Irving. But the way that they're talking about Kyrie in the third person, which Kyrie probably could also do. Yeah. Um, This to me, this quote, I want to see what you think about it. I think this quote is like Kyrie basically saying, Hey, this is Kevin Durant's fault. Mm. Like Kyrie's oh. back in. Yeah. Kyrie's right. Like literally, the quote is like, "Kyrie wants to play in Brooklyn, but it's KD who decides to opt out." And now everyone's talking about trading Kyrie Irving. No, Kyrie Irving wants to play in Brooklyn. Mm. KD is the guy who requested the trade. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's pretty clear that beef is moving up from a tartar and a carpaccio to a you know a really rare bloody steak. Yeah. Could you know, it, it's moving up and up the line. Counterfactual, if I may. There were yes. reports of them working out together in, I think, California over the last week or so. California. Um, do we think that that's, you know, just a, 
you know, 4 a.m. wake out, sorry, wake up, sweat it out kind of kind of workout? Or is this a, um, you know, bit of a spirit, spiritual journey together? You know, maybe a little peyote in the desert kind of let's let's come back together and, you know, find find what made us want to be drawn to each other in the first place again. You know, a, a couple's retreat, if you will. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a friend where you didn't really want to be friends with them anymore, but they're too in the friend group to really fully banish them? So there's that awkward period where you're kind of having to invite them to things when you don't really want to invite them to things? Yes, I, I can relate a little bit. I don't have a ton of personal, but yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, you don't have a lot of friends. I, d- I keep a um, pretty tight tight network. Yeah, but th- it's a tight network. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> I think it was like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both in LA or wherever they are. Mm. And either Kyrie or Kevin Durant is going to go on a run and either one of them felt compelled to invite the other to this run. I think that I think we don't know enough. We don't have enough information to say that Kevin Durant does not want to play with Kyrie Irving. What we do know is that Kyrie opted in and Kevin Durant wanted out. Mm. So if, if Durant wants to play with Kyrie, I can't imagine that the problems inside Brooklyn are so bad. Like if it was a problem with Sean Marks or a problem with Steve Nash, those are pretty easy problems for Joe Psy to remedy to bring Kevin Durant back in the fold. Those guys are outside of the luxury tax and the CBA. You could fire a general man. You could fire 12 general managers in a row and has no impact on your luxury tax, right? Mm-hmm. So Kyrie Irving, though, by being on the roster, very complicated. You can't just fire Kyrie and then simply hire a better point guard. You have to trade for that person or sign that person. We know that they couldn't sign anyone if they just let Kyrie go for nothing. And the trades, as we've seen, are basically Russell Westbrook and nothing. Mm. No one else wants Kyrie yeah. at what he is and who he is at this point. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you believe that there's a rift? Or not even a rift, just that there's maybe a recognition from one of the two parties, Kyrie or Kevin Durant, that maybe their relationship shouldn't continue to be as teammates. Dude, yeah, I mean... If I really like search my heart of hearts on this, you know, even as a fan with a bunch of distance between me and Kyrie and his goings on on a daily basis, I find him pretty, pretty annoying, pretty infuriating, like his decision making processes. Uh, I, I like, you know, there's things that I like about Kyrie. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are annoying about him. Um, I, I can't imagine that. I mean, I everyone sort of has to have some version of a relationship to that. I do think it's interesting though, in general that like, you know, KD in his own right has had some beef with previous teammates and stuff like that. Kyrie, obviously the same that they, it it seemed unlikely that they would just have this like blissful relationship in perpetuity. uh, Just because like, there's so much mm, circumstances around them that have led down this path before. Um, For my purposes, you know, KD seems very much about, you know, hoop hoop life, uh, and in a way that in, that Kyrie is increasingly not, and I could see that being pretty triggering. So, um, in my heart of hearts, you know, gun to my head in Roblox, I I do think <laughs> I do think that that, that it will always make me laugh. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's, it's a good meme. Um, I do think that it's possible that there is a um a little bit of a mono, an emotional rift like forging between that. How could there not be? Right? It's this championship window. They're so fleeting. And uh, to voluntarily kind of is it even a window? M- muck it, with it. It's like a revolving door where it never actually opens. Yeah. It's just it does turn though. There's movement, <laughs> yeah, right? But there's right. never actually that's, a gap between the inside and outside. Mike, that's your some of your best work right there. That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, real quick, I just want one more quote that I think is telling. This is also from this source. This is from the Brian Lewis story. I think when KD said he wanted a trade, he didn't say I'm going to trade to where Kyrie goes. Again. Kyrie's own source is saying directly, hey, yeah, I don't know if Kyrie and KD are like a pair. And like every trade rumor, whether it's involving Kyrie or KD, they aren't paired up together. And KD could simply say, oh, yeah, I want to continue to play with Kyrie. Please trade us both to Team X. Trade us to LA for Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and all those things. Mm. And they could demand that. And it wouldn't happen, but they could demand it. Next up. Next up. Cheer boy, that's Matt, the Madman Barker. I'm gonna start throw some throw some of those in there. Um, 
so this is going to be this is going to trigger a lot of people okay and i just want to preface this if you have you know a bunch of uh if, if harden james harden is a trigger word for you okay earmuffs because we're going to talk a little bit about james harden matt parker says harden victory lap he says go deep on our quote unquote real nets fans should root for james harden end quote now that he signed a very favorable favorable extension for the sixers i dare you Matt, uh, Mike, should we take a victory lap here? Because gotta tell you, at the end of this whole thing, now that the smoke is well not at all cleared and completely billowing out of the <laughs> windows, uh, James Harden appears to be the most reasonable party in in all of this. Is that fair to say? I mean, I don't know. That contract was very reasonable, Mike. Yes, and I, I guess I think we should. I would love to take a victory lap. Okay. With the real Nets fans should root for James Harden. I, that's that's the really inflammatory part that we don't necessarily need to lean into because people get wildly <laughs> pissed off about that. <laughs> well, but even but the thesis behind it was like the opposite of what has happened. The thesis behind it was if the Sixers win a title, James Harden gets the five year extension that's at the maximum rate, and then he gains a bunch of weight and just is a floating cheesesteak on the floor at the mm. Wells Fargo Center or whatever. At Geno's. Uh, well, the opposite has happened. Mm. They lost. I mean, I guess this, again, goes why real Nets fans were They lost, so he took a haircut so yeah. that they could compete for a championship and sign P.J. Tucker, trade for D'Anthony Melton, and do everything that they've done, which has been very smart moves, which is what Daryl Morey does. He knows, knows how to get some good role players around stars. Not mm. that I like P.J. Tucker, but it is... Uh, it's kind of going under the radar that Harden took a haircut on uh, his salary. Uh, probably because also like the market for him too wouldn't have been super duper max money like mm-hmm. everyone else. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of an L for uh, Shawnee Marks and the Nets. The fact that Kevin Durant wants out, Kyrie's opting in, but no one wants him, and James Harden's saving teams money so that they can compete. Yeah, a bit of an L. Bit of an L. But let's not linger on it too long because. You know, I don't, the, if you have your earmuffs on right now, take them off. Okay, that's it. All right, the bad man's gone. Um, next up, cheer boy. That's Ryan. Hello, Newman. <laughs> You're better than that. Like what I did. <clears throat> well, you you sounded like Seinfeld earlier, and it's. Uh, you primed me. Uh, he says, hello. At Marx's first offseason press conference, he was very adamant on rebuilding the culture, Michael. Obviously, a lot of that was directed at someone whose name rhymes with Schmiry Schmerving. But if they do bring him back, what exactly has this team done to rebuild their culture? The coaching staff and roster is largely intact from last season. Assuming hashtag run it back happens. Yours cordially, Ryan Newman, a.k.a. D-Bronx, from the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, you're missing out. Link in the YouTube description and Twitter bio. Get in there, Mike. The Nets have done absolutely nothing to rebuild the culture. Don't tell me Royce O'Neal is a culture builder. One, the Jazz weren't that culturally sound with what was happening with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. But, like, if it's a run it back, this, that's what's whole silly, like, I support a run it back mentality for one final year. We talked about it. It's like if 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 there's truly not a rift, if the beef isn't that cooked mm-hmm. between KD and Kyrie, if if the beef can be put back into the freezer and frozen to be Ooh. brought out for another time. You don't time, want to put it back in the freezer because that's, I know, that's the, a kitchen nightmare. Chef that, Ramsay like, will pop up and yeah, yeah. shut your restaurant down. But I support the run it back mentality. But the idea that they are rebuilding their culture, if that is what happens, it's fraudulent. And it goes back to I love a lot of what Sean Marks has done, but the like the stances against the vaccine with Kyrie, sort of like the public remarks that he would have had about how we need to rebuild the culture. If they do run it back, then like, why do we trust anything that Sean Marks says? Ultimately, like we know who he is. We should know who he is. He's gonna do what helps the team win. And, it, and he's going to think, and as he should, that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant being back, as culturless as they are, as Beverly Hillbilly-ish as they may be to the overall cultural makeup mm, of the team. That's great. Um, they, it doesn't, they won't help. But again, I support the running back mentality. So I'm not, I don't care about culture, frankly. Yeah. I care about dubs. Wow. But do dubs, or does dubs. culture inform the dubs? 
More culture more can that. inform Dubs, but as we saw with the Lance Dance documentary, that that Bulls team's culture was out of whack, and they got the Dubs. Next up, let's do a quick break. <coughs> Coming back, <laughs> take it back. Jeez. Quick break. They stink, and we'll <laughs> we'll uh, nice. we'll uh, come back to your episode of the Glue Guys. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back, Brian. Next up, cheer boy. That's Josh Zide. Glue guys, Josh says, love your podcast. Love you, Josh. Here's a rant of what has bothered me most from the Nets. In the midst of this dramatic Nets saga over the last year, there has been very little mention in the media and in general of how Nets fans have been treated. Mm. They toyed with us on the big three. Mm. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Toyed with us on Kyrie's eligibility. He's not playing in road games. Then he suddenly is. Toyed with us on Joe's ankle. He'll Mm -hmm. be back. He'll be back. He's not coming back. Toyed with us on Ben Simmons playing. He's going to play. He's going to play. He's not going to play. Currently, toying with us with these KD and Kai trades. The communication to the Nets fan base has been a disaster. And no one is acknowledging this. Never have I experienced this from my beloved Nets organization. That's not true. In the 20 plus years (laughs) I've been watching. It's despicable how they've treated us, Nets fans, and Josai needs to be called out for this. Josh, fuming mad, but we appreciate the note. Um, I will say that this actually, uh, Josh, I, I challenge you to go back to even like the Darren Williams era, um, of non-communication about, um, you know, career altering injuries. Uh, but that aside, Mike, are you feeling this? Are you feeling the vibe? I mean, this comes directly from my heart, directly from my brain. Did you write this? Is it, this your, it, it's not your talked about enough. People love to shit on Nets fans. A common retort. The the beloved Mina Kimes. Okay, we love Mina. Mina was on, we talked about this a little while ago, but she was on a great podcast with Haley O'Shaughnessy. Uh, what's that show called? Spinsters. Fantastic name for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were polite about this, but, but Haley was like, Mina, do you actually know any Nets fans? And Mina talked about it. Yeah, I do know Nets fans. And like, you know, meet us. But it's a common retort. Are there real Nets fans? We know there are. Our listenership, we get a million downloads an episode. Yeah, it's crazy. Or close, just about. I mean, it depends. It fluctuates up and down. Depends what it is. Seasonality. Give or take. Give or take. And we know that the real Nets fans. And Nets fans are are made fun of constantly. Oh, my God. The environment at Barclays is not nearly what it is at the Garden. I've been there. Look, I'm I'm critical in my own, right? And and we we can understand sort of the differences and the shortcomings. But the way that this regime has treated those Nets fans, the players, management, every every bit of the organization, not just Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, but also the way the Nets PR staff has, I mean, I'll get personal here. Dude. Brian and I have done this podcast for nine years now, and we were doing it in the darkest, deepest, just most disgusting Sean Kilpatrick, Donald Sloan led teams. 
and and they couldn't even lift their fingers to send a reply email if we emailed. We had made a whole drop for for the D Sloan horn. Okay, a custom D Sloan <laughs> drop. That's how committed we were to this team. All right, this team, this organization, they rarely care about building a fan base. They they want to buy a ticket buyer base. What they care about is revenue and buying and pulling more people in to buy tickets. Yeah. They've done a few things that are really good for fans, like um, what Doug and all the people in the Brooklyn Brigade and their support of the Brooklyn Brigade is a real, like, I love that. Yeah. Like, that is a real That's thing. They, you know, and I know Sean Marks will go over there and hand out Modellos to the crowd. Yeah. And one premium choice for a, a cheap beer to give away, Modelo. That's, that's, know, that's is, slightly. Is that the best cheap beer? I don't even know if I would. Con- I guess it's cheap beer now, but I thought it was like, you know, sort of upper middle class kind of beer. Like that's like. Oh, is that a premium export? Maybe not upper middle export. class, but but definitely like maybe not top the shelf. Montclair it's, beers. <laughs> it's the Montclair, Montclair beers. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah um, and, and so they have done some good things, but the like to think that like fans are supposed to just slavishly embrace this team because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are on it. That's not how humans are. Like, you know, like, oh my God, the, the Barclays should be rabid. Yeah. We have never had an extended stretch of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together building memories. The only memory we really have, Kyrie Irving wasn't even there, which is the Kevin Durant series against the Bucks. It's been injuries. It's been vaccination issues. It's been trades, sending guys that we love out for really talented players in. But then those guys want to leave. It's it's everything that Josh laid out in his thing with the Ben Simmons, though I think the Ben Simmons issue is way more to do with Ben Simmons and the Brooklyn Nets. The Joe Harris thing is ridiculous that he walked in the snow to try to get coffee. It's ridiculous. It no one's talking about it. Everyone should be talking about it. There should be congressional hearings. Get Liz Cheney on Joe Harris walking around in the snow with his broken ankle. Can I say, though... But it, it, yeah, sorry. Just to go back to the one point you made about the Nets, not you know our personal grievances, um, <laughs> the Nets' lack of support of our our own show. Um, in their defense, we would spend no. <laughs> two no. hours drinking three bottles of wine and just like talking direct shit about like Brett Yormark. So in in their de- <laughs> in their defense. <laughs> I mean, I but here's the that. thing: they they were doing like the premium experience thing, and we were the scrappy upstart, and so it was easy. You know, that was before we understood the game. It was easy. We thought we were punching up, and um, and that's not how things go. That's not now how we're it punching. Works. Now we're punching down, down. <laughs> down at you. We're looking at you, Brett, from on high. Just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, you were good, gonna... good luck with the Big Twelve, Brett. <laughs> yeah. That's where he is now. I don't know if you know that. Shout out to Brett. You know that he... Shout out to Brett. <laughs> oh, stop. Stop. Um, but so seriously, it's. Uh, Josh, this is a beautifully written email. You should post it on Twitter. It deserves to be read widely because it's true. Part of what the Nets should really focus on over whatever period of time, whoever's going to be leading this team, is like have those guys just play together and kind of embrace being Nets as opposed to being mercenaries who don't play together Mm. and then suck, right? Like, be good. Like, just play basketball. Like, all Nets fans want, like... Frankly, I think the Nets fan base is the best in the NBA because expectations are pretty low. Just a bunch of nice Brooklyn bloggers, you know, just a bunch of lunch pail folks. And all we want to see is like a dunk. Yeah. You know, we just want something nice. That's all we care about. Yeah. And instead, they give us the mer- anti vax stances and just disgusting traders. The mercenaries that don't play is a, it's a really annoying combo. <laughs> it's, it's like the, it's like a game of Thrones. Like, you know, if, if somebody like hired it's, somebody to defend you and they just like, didn't, they just like, just, you just sat and drank wine. One of those types. It, it's more accurate that it's like the no show mob job right. on a construction site. Right. It's like they get paid to show up at a construction site. Yeah. And, and then, then they just comes, sit in a folding comes Christopher chair. with the, with the hard hat. Yeah. And, and a, exactly. And a cigar. Anyways, <clears throat> next up, Sure, boy. That's Edward Williams. Edward Edward Williams. Just a straightforward name. Instead of trading, <laughs> trading. I got you. <laughs> we usually, you know, we get a lot of interesting names. This one, interesting in its own right. Uh, instead of KD, trading KD and Kyrie, how would you feel if the Nets ended up? firing Steve Nash instead. If Steve if Steve Nash was let go, <clears throat> would you want to be 
who do you want to be the Nets head coach uh, next? Mike. Uh, Easy. They should fire him. Doesn't matter. Fire him right now. Doesn't matter. If KD Kyrie stays, fire him. Not a good head coach. Hire Quinn Snyder. Rebuild the culture. Uh, even though I just kind of trashed the Jazz's culture. Quinn Snyder is a billion times better head coach than Steve Nash. I don't care if you trade KD or Kyrie or whatever. Like, fire... Well, I don't understand what this devotion is to Steve Nash. And you know, early, what has he done? early in the off season, we were hearing, or like right towards the end of that series, <clears throat> the uh, this infamous series, we were hearing a little chirping about that there was going to be an amicable split, da da da, and um, that just never materialized at all. I don't. Yeah, it seems like that's like just totally copacetic at the moment. I don't know um, that there's any rumblings about movement there. I think it's only because the Sean Marks culture building, blah 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 blah, and he probably feels like Steve Nash. If you're going to rebuild a culture, Steve Nash is a good guy to have, and I get it. Yeah. Um, also, Sean Marks went on a limb to hire Steve Nash, as KD-influenced as that hiring was. But, you know, yeah. if you fire Steve Nash, the next person that gets fired is Sean Marks. We need we need Steve Nash's, like, to, to get back the, to the D'Antoni years, we need his Dick Cheney to, to Steve Nash's George W. If only because, not because of George W.'s ability to, you know, be... Um, a culture builder necessarily, but more in, in the way that Dick Cheney was the real operator behind the scenes, you know, of the, of the X's yeah. and O's. Instead, we have sleepy Joe and Kamala. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Mike shots fired. Suck on that button. First, your mark. <laughs> That's the now first Biden. anti-democratic joke we, we've made on this show. So it's just, fair and balanced. Just... We're fair and balanced here. Next up. Troy, maybe That's Chleb. Chleb. That's how we signed off. Is Chleb. It? Part of the community, Chleb. Um, or no, wait, is that Caleb? What's do the, people what's spell the, it? Do people, what's the topic of the email? It's Q for the pod. Do, well, so okay. it is Caleb. And then, they, but it's spelled Chleb and the, he spells it differently. That's what threw me off in his sign off. So Caleb. Yeah. Jesus. Um, hey, fellas. But it's the email. Okay. But he signs off. I wanted to honor the sign off. Yeah, yeah. No, that's why. But anyway, his email is. People are going to be confused by this, said. but yep. there's a reason for why that sounded dumb. Um, oh, we got some work going on in the background. There's a saw going. Yeah, <laughs> there's like an insane amount of outdoor <laughs> work right now. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> nice. Um, so, Chleb says, hey, fellas, have a couple of questions. First, Mike, what are your thoughts nope. on spinach and artich- artichoke dip? Um, Mike Chleb, sp- I told. I, hey, I tweeted out I would not. Talk. I, won't I talk. would not, and I no. You came around. I will you not have, talk about you, spinach you, artichoke dip. You I talked won't. about how you Brian had don't, you reformed. You're in a state of reformation, Brian. Okay. All right. I want you That's, to respect. Excuse me. I want you to respect what I is said. That that is in our contract. We don't talk about spinach and artichoke dip. I remember that now. This conversation is outside of our contract right yeah. now. Talking about our contract. Got it. So got it. I'm not going to talk. Um, can't speak to that, Schleb. But secondly. What are the odds we can get the boys back in town and bring Booker, Cat, <laughs> and D'Lo to the Nets via trading away the big three? Obviously, have to trade away Simmons, too, because of past girlfriend drama with Booker. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, this in my... I love that, like, just the, the Eskimo Brothers meme is, is still says, like, what is that about our culture? It's like, well, we dated the same person. We can't... I can't even see that person. I can't look at them. Don't want to hear from them. <laughs> it's really interesting. Anyways, this, in my opinion, would be the perfect conclusion to the big three best friends trio of Harden, KD, and Kyrie by instead bringing in a best friends trio that is not problematic. Let's go Nets. Chleb. Uh, Mike, this is a bit of a meme and one that I just, you know, we have a couple of meme emails of trade ideas, which I love, but I wanted to honor the the trade meme cohort, if you will, by by at least picking one. Yeah, so I'll be honest, like, my uh, grasp of the CBA isn't uh, very strong. Mm-hmm. It's not a Kawhi Leonard grasp around a basketball level of grasp. It's more of like a small hands. Um, Kenny Pickett. I know you're not a football fan, but Kenny Pickett has historically small hands for a quarterback. Mm. And that's like a really bad indicator. Kenny, uh, and the last ever... name Pickett too. That's like a, yeah. it's a whole meme. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um there's a rule in the CBA that we are now learning about that I've never heard before involving Ben Simmons in that a team can't have more than two guys on a rookie max extension, you know, for whatever reason, because it protects against, you know, building super teams at that young of an age, or I don't really know what it does. 
Booker and Cat cannot play on the same team if they're traded, like in a trade. Like you couldn't trade for both Booker and Cat because you can't have more than one of them on your team. Mm-hmm. It's why the Nets, if they want Donovan Mitchell, would have to trade Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is a max guy on a rookie off of a rookie deal, and Donovan Mitchell is a max guy. So if you see these rumors, because it's out there that Donovan Mitchell is available, and apparently the Knicks are very much linked to them. And God, would Danny Ainge love to deal with the Knicks? Danny Ainge, who runs the Jazz now, would absolutely that's, love to negotiate against James Dolan and the Knicks. That's his white whale. It's, it's got to be. That's his Moby yeah. Dick. He, yeah. He's been waiting yeah. <laughs> for the Knicks to have all their draft picks and some interesting young players to negotiate off of. Yeah. So he's ready. Um, so Cat and Booker cannot play together. I'm almost 100% sure, particularly if they are both traded to the Nets. Um Hey, I love the idea. Honestly, we keep talking about trades, and I don't know if this is in here, but the Scotty Barnes and anything else for KD is the thing that appeals to me the most beyond Brandon Ingram and picks. Like, Brandon Ingram and picks gets me, like, feeling pretty good about myself. Mm -hmm. But the Scotty Barnes and, like, Fred Van Vliet and OJ Ananobi, like, creating a new core makes me... um, Pretty happy. I was listening to some Raptors guys talk about maybe on the low post potentially, and they think that they can do like an OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, no Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam style. That's how this is. There's a lot of anyways. I'm sure. By the way, I really like OG Ananobi. I really like Fred Van Vliet, but you need like that's why the Scotty Barnes piece is so crucial, and why the probably the deal doesn't happen is that you need like you need to. It needs to be like the Brandon Ingram, Scotty Barnes level of tier. You can't, it can't, or Jalen Brown, but Boston's not going to do that. Yeah. It can't be, you, you can't, OG Ananobi's like, there's a ceiling to him where Scotty Barnes feels pretty, pretty limitless, particularly if he ever starts hitting shots. That yeah. feels pretty good. Next up. Next up. Your boy. True boy. That's Matthew Abramovitz. A mainstay, a mainstay in the uh, email sphere. Um, Okay, here's the the big one. Here's a good one, uh, Mike. Hey, guys, what percentage would you put on KD and Kyrie coming back? Mike drop. No no out. No sign off. That's it. The Nets are back. Very minimal. Really? Wow, interesting. Coming back for just the one for the last dance? I think it's because of what we've been starting to discuss here is that it seems like there's a widening rift between the two, uh, a recognition of that KD does not want to play with Kyrie Irving. We haven't heard one second of KD inferring in any of these trade requests that he wants to be around with Kyrie Irving. Mm. Um, So I think there's a chance KD's back. I think the Nets could very much be like, we will take... Anything we can but Russell Westbrook. So please find a third team for us, Lakers. Yeah. And we will make that trade with you. I think there's a decent chance, Mike. So we're going to depart a little bit here. <laughs> if only because I agree with you in in essence. But I think that because... You are Leo DiCaprio and I'm Matt Damon. And this is The Departed. <laughs> is that right? Wow. Um, yeah, it's, did you watch that recently we're departing. Um, no, Oh, but, I see. We departed. I got you. Um popular movie. It is a popular movie. Um Ugh. love that movie. Uh, the, the essence of what you'd say I agree with. And I think for that reason, because the beef is with Kyrie in particular and not uh in in this theory that we're we've concocted here and not with Nets Brass, um because of that I think that there's a small chance, maybe not even small, maybe a thirty five percent chance that they start playing for the beginning of the season while the Nets you know, continue to build the value of Kyrie Irving, the messaging around his availability, so on and so forth. I think KD, as as I understand it, a reasonable person who would understand that they, like he personally wants to benefit from the value that they would get back in a theoretical Kyrie trade. So for that reason, there's not a lot of, other than their maybe potential, obviously we're putting all kinds of qualifiers on this, their potential inability to get along at the moment. Um, that for me probably isn't enough to keep KD full blown in like, you know, out, outright protest. I'm not going to play that. That doesn't seem like his brand necessarily potentially, but, um, I don't know. I put it, I put a 35% chance, Mike, which I guess maybe seems pretty high, but I don't know. Yeah. I guess I put it at, I guess I would only do it at 20, which is not that big of a gap between you, Feels but big. I, you know, that 
I feel really far I, away I think, from you so all of a sudden. Let's break let's separate it out. If they trade KD, what are the chances that Kyrie is back? Well, so here's the thing. I think like based on what we're, you know, and, and we're reading tea leaves here. This is an inexact science. Based on what we're hearing, though, I I can't imagine the Nets pull the trigger on a KD trade before they do a Kyrie trade. I, I don't think that that makes a lot of sense, um, despite the fact that right, KD is the one that... Nuke- yeah. The, they would nuke the Kyrie value because the rest of the league would be like, oh, they're not bringing Kyrie back to a new, like a Scotty Barnes led team. Right. Right. So, and because the Nets yeah. could come out today and say, like, oh, yeah, oh, then after the Brian Lewis article, it could be like, oh, yeah, we love Kyrie. We're excited for him this year. They could come out and say that. Yeah. Like, they, they he's on the team, but there's nothing that we've seen in the reporting that indicates that they actually want Kyrie Irving on the team anymore. Right. Right. So, uh, in, in my, imagining of this situation. I do think that Kyrie goes first and then there's a little bit of touch and go after that for like, you know, feeling out the, the KD relationship. But I would bet that the Nets management are, are more willing to play touch and go with that situation than continuing to touch and go with Kyrie at the moment. The heavy petting is, um, is a bit much. Should we do quick, like just burn through a couple of them, these emails real quick? Um, yeah, they're pretty easy. I'll just, we'll, I mean, we'll do the quick. Do, n- are you starting to say no intros on these people? No, we can do intros. No, we do the intros, but I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah. you know, we'll, I, we'll I kind of been milking them. Yeah, yeah. And I should be quicker. Next up. <laughs> Trigger boy. That's Graham Siner. Um, what happened to him? Kessler Edwards is what we're talking about because <laughs> that's in the subject of the email. Kessler, what happened to him? He got through his rookie wall, looked solid, but has regressed to a really bad place. How can we fix him? Mike, are you worried that's, about Kessler? This is summer league reaction. Kessler Edwards is not a guy that... He's a system they, guy. He's a system yeah, guy. He's not looking for his own... shooter defensive bro is like not the best place, particularly like... You, did you see the Cam Thomas eye roll about the mention for Steve Nash? So there's a post game no. interview. Most people what? So there there was a post game interview. God, I've been uh, Cam Thomas scored like 25 points mm-hmm. on like five of 15 shooting, but he was great from the free throw line. So a classic Cam Thomas game, and the sideline reporter for ESPN or whatever talked to Cam Thomas. It was like, hey, uh, I talked to Steve Nash before the game. He says he really wants you to work on. You know, he's excited about your scoring, but really wants you to work on your ability to set up your other teammates. And as she's saying that, he eye rolls like <laughs> I missed a thirteen-year-old girl talking to her dad. Yeah, like a ugh yeah. situation. And she, the to the credit, I don't know who the sideline reporter is, but it was a really good question. He was like, "Why?" Did, she says, "Like, why did you make that face?" And he was like, "Oh, nothing." And it, everyone's interpreted it online as like Cam Thomas <laughs> hilarious is a, kind of like being a jerk about Steve Nash. So all of this ipso facto. To say, um, uh, Kessler Edwards, like playing with Cam Thomas in the summer league is very counterproductive for a lot of the other guys on the team, as great as Cam Thomas maybe feels about himself. Cam Thomas really, actually, I'm like getting very worried about. I know he's putting up num-nums, but it's because he's shooting the ball in at a sane volume. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're not for, he's not, like, he's not putting himself in a role to play with superstars at any point. He's just doing the thing that, got him there yeah which is a hard thing for a young guy to get out of back to kessler just you know summer league he's a three and d guy yeah let's let's give him a little time when he plays with fred van vliet next year he'll he'll put up num nums truly um next up cheer boy ewan 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 daniels uh i feel bad about that one i would i w a n what am i missing here even? I'm going to let you do yeah. it. Hi, guys. The Jazz are obviously hitting the full rebuild The full rebuild button. <clears throat> Who is the player from the Jazz we should trade for? Assuming we are running it back with Katie and Kai. Uh, not to throw too much shade, but I'm sure you saw the Bobby Marks um, trade machine thing on ESPN that got dogged pretty heavily. No, no. What was that? Yeah, so it's a Donovan Mitchell trade that gets KD to Phoenix. And we get back like Miles Turner, you know, um, some stuff. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm underselling this. I should pull up the actual trade. But, but anyways, we get no first round picks or pick swaps or anything. And Utah trading Donovan Mitchell get back um, 
I think eight total and like five first round picks and then three <laughs> and everyone's memeing. And, you know, friend of the show, Bobby Marks, but he set himself up there for a classic screwing the nets with no draft picks. Can I just tell people this is as much as people in the NBA probably hate the trade machine. They're also the same people that think of these, these kind of trades. Yeah. Cause Bobby Marks was literally the guy, one of the people in the nets front office who, but friend of the show and shout out does great work, you know, but sometimes, show. you know, it's, it's probably a producer anyway. for the that could be an intern, literally, just, you know, essential work. He was just throwing it out there. We all don't have to be perfect. You know, that's the thing with the trade machine. People like to go hard in the paint on those when people have bad trade ideas. But like, we're just we're just it's a it's an invitation for a conversation. That's how I see them. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very um, diplomatic, right? Yeah, You're, I love Pat Bev. Absolutely love him. I'm kind of mad the Nets couldn't have figured out a way into that. Rudy Gobert trade when they like could they have combined the Royce O'Neal element of that trade to then get Pat Beverly redirected to them and they could have sent Cam Thomas to Utah like because Pat Beverly's even if the team's not that good in terms of if they trade KD and Kyrie I still want Pat Beverly on my team yeah he's a culture dude he's a culture dude so um he invigorated the Wolves culture so I want him and I'm with you Mr. Davis sorry I'm just getting a bunch of um, <laughs> re- remix. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a bunch of notifications on my thing. Mike, we're at our 50 minute mark, and there's still. Can I do? There's one email I want to address. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm not going to dox the person because they sign off as Lucius Harris. Which am I not getting updates on this? Um, this it's it's thievery is the subject line. Oh my gosh. Okay, here's. What it was. How do you feel about Kevin Wilds purloining? Basically stealing, I guess, is probably the word. Your Lance, your last dance take on the recent Bill Simmons podcast episode. Here's what I feel about Kevin Wilds. Extremely creative person. And I can guarantee he did not pillar purloining. Stole. Like, a lot of people have had the last, last dance take. Pilfer. Did Brunt. What? Is it Pilfer. It's, I'm telling you, look at the word. It's, it's almost like the word is like lioning, but there's a P-U-R at the front of it. Okay. So it's probably a very smart word that I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get. Uh, I'm going to do the whole Google search thing. Yeah. And it's means to steal something. Purloin. Mm. Purloining. No, Purloin. I, I was saying, cause you said. Did you hey, hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Purloin. Purloin. Mm. Um, That's handy. Yeah, so I appreciate, hey, did I listen to it? I was like, hey, we did that take? Of course I did. And Brian knows I'm predisposed to think that people steal our takes all the time. That's true. Mike is a, I mean, it's incredible that you're not more MAGA-oriented with the amount of conspiracies you contrive. <laughs> Back on. Fair and balanced, guys. Um, but I know for a fact, like, there have been other people who have stolen our takes. This is not a stolen take. This is a very out there take. I will say... Our delivery of, of our last dance take with the scene at Sedell's with Joe Sy and Kevin Durant, mm. I think that's the best version of the take that anyone's done. Yeah. Like, I think Cin- that was It was a cinematic, really, if you want to say. Literally, the Louvre emailed me. Not even, like, a director at the Louvre, but, like, the building. Yeah. It was like, hey, I'm a building, but can I have <laughs> the janitor? It was the janitor at the Louvre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Larry Louvre. Larry Louvre dialed me up and said, ooh, Mr. Glue Guy, could you please? Oh, oh Mr. Glue Guy. It's, uh, that, that turned. That got interesting at the end. Um, remember how it was like the, the never mind, I won't go into this. Yeah. We're almost the, at the, the end, tra- Mike. Let's, let's get out of here if we can, you know. Okay. Yeah. Hey, great episode oh, today. That was Thank it? you for Wait, everyone did get, emailing. Did we get to it? Oh, we just wanted to say that. Like, no, I just, yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I understand. It was something that I heard myself. It was like, oh, we did that take. But of course, like, he didn't steal it. It was very available for, it's a very, available thing for everyone to sort of come to logically themselves you know i well i say we did it better yeah we did we did the best no one's done it better than us but yeah <laughs> perfect mike where do they find us they find us on twitter at pk glue guys netsdaily.com the athletic itch up at the paywall the athletic.com slash glue guys um youtube hey come on Smash that. That's where you Smash be. all the buttons there. I will say also, as we exit, thank you to everybody that emailed and all the people that we didn't get to. We'll, we promise there will be so many more of those. Uh, I always feel so bad for the people that emailed in and didn't get their stuff read. It's terrible, but you know what can we do? We're at the 55-minute mark or whatever, so we got to go. Got to go, Mike. Talk to you later. Bye, everybody. The Nets.
our bag.